1: To get loose and get loud. This is circa. You'll have the time of your life.
0: This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier
1: 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio Southern California 98.5 The Beck in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, We have a fun topic to discuss here on a Monday, and I thought Monday would be a good time because it's Monday Night Raw, and that is certainly still one of the biggest nights in pro wrestling. You know, uh, that's one of the reasons that I became such a big fan again during the Monday Night Wars, WWE, WWF, WCW. Um... We have an interesting discussion here because our main man, Adrian Hernandez, sat down with two of the most prominent, uh, combat sports slash pro wrestling journalists in Denise Salcedo and Andreas Hill. Basically, uh, basically talking about, you know, how you cover the sport. Uh, do you have to toe, um, the line when you cover the sport? Again, it, it, it's not tra- tra- traditional sports and WWE has been very, um, you know, uh, they like admitted a long time ago that what they do is scripted drama. That being said, it is still taking place in an arena, uh, sometimes a stadium, uh, that is filled with either, you know, 20,000 fans at an arena, 75 to even like 100,000 fans at a stadium. I mean, WrestleMania now is taking places in, st- in stadiums that hold the Super Bowl, hold the World Cup hold the Olympics. Um, so how do you cover that? And to the WWE and AEW's credit, uh, they now have post-event press conferences where the journalists covering uh, these events in the press box uh, are going to the post-event press conferences. But do you have to, um, again, toe the line when you talk to uh, Paul Levesque, <laughs> Triple H, about certain things like what's happening with Vince McMahon and certain, you know, either a lawsuit or an investigation. Again, like th- th- that should not be something that you have to uh, toe the line on. That is something that a journalist should certainly be able to talk to um, the WWE about. But again, it's a very interesting balance. And certainly, like, even when you talk to the superstars, um, are you talking to them in character? Are you talking to them as the actual uh, person? uh talking about you know their character development and their storyline and things like that. So it's a fascinating discussion. And again, our very own Adrian Hernandez has done such an amazing job traveling the country. He was at Royal Rumble in Tampa. He'll be at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. He was up till the wee hours of the morning covering Elimination Chamber. Uh, so let's start the discussion now. Let's uh hear from Uh, again our man adrian hernandez sitting down with denise salcedo who does an amazing job with fightful uh you know culture serious xm She, she just does an amazing job so here she is denise salcedo sitting down with our very own it's adrian hernandez
0: it's time to talk some wrestling denise salcedo how are you
3: i'm doing good You know, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to give you a break from talking about football for like a second. So, I mean, it's going to be a good time, honestly.
0: Yes. And look, a thing that we do on this show is we give roses. Um, and I think I've told you this in person, but I want to add to it. Um, she's one of the best in the game and works her ass off. She's working all the time. I need you guys to understand we're in these radio junkets. It's like a red carpet and the wrestlers come and we try to talk to them. And sometimes we have to wait. And like me, I'm like, let me go use the bathroom, let me go find some food. <laughs> you know what she's doing? She's taking the SD card out and she's editing the video so they're already up on YouTube. And she works her ass off. So for people who like to say that peoples are in their positions for whatever reasons, it's like, no, uh, the work ethic is amazing. So I guess my first question I wanna ask you is, at what point did you go, this is what I want to do and let's invest and spend all our time in making this possible.
3: God, you know, this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and as you know, it's very hard to make a name for yourself in content creation, in media, in wicked all game. of it. Yes, it's <laughs> very very hard, there's so much competition uh, it, it's, 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 it's a lot and no one's going to give you the time of day until you're a somebody, but then you're like, how do I become a somebody if nobody's giving me the time of day? So, I basically used YouTube and started putting out like tons and tons of content on there to basically try to make a name for myself through YouTube and if it wasn't for YouTube I honestly don't know where I would be at honestly and so I really started to focus like I started my channel in March of 2018 but it was really in 2020 where I decided to go like full time all in on the channel and that is when it completely just like blew up and ever since then I've just been adding more and more content but this is something uh, media is something that I've been doing since I was in I'm gonna say like since 2014 actually 2014 so I'm going for 10 years this year actually
0: yeah and shout out to YouTube because like look I, I, I we've, we've never like this is our first time like speaking so I've always wanted to be in radio and I've gone to music and the sports yeah. and the whole thing was all right, I'm in sports radio I'm not a former professional athlete mm-hmm. so like when I'm talking about things like, well, what am I going to, why is someone going to listen to me instead of listening to someone else? But then I was like, hold on, it's sports radio. It's a lot of old white dudes <laughs> yeah. that like show up to the studio and then they don't do anything. I was like, oh, there's TikTok, there's there's YouTube, there's this, that, and the third, which is why it led me to seeing your stuff. Um, and it's been incredible. And it's like, I want to ask you, because you just said it since 2014, like there's been this weird thing in wrestling that it's been weird for me to adjust, like going from the sports world and there's all post-game press conferences and there's always scrums and it's like oh now we're doing it in wrestling and like the media aspect of it and it seems like it's now more appreciative which makes it more competitive because everyone's allowed in even if you just have a phone with no <laughs> mic or anything no shade to anyone you have to start somewhere um I just bought that camera I feel nice because I got a nice camera now but no just the the change in the fact that like the media the media is being accepted into all these big events when it comes to wrestling yeah
3: yeah you know it's like you said everyone does have to start somewhere um i've never been that person that shows up with the phone though i will say that i'm like nope if i'm gonna start like even when i started i like scraped up all my little cash and whatever i could do got myself a little camera and always always showed up looking the part because that's the thing honestly like you gotta look the part uh they say fake until you make it fake until you make it but like in a shout good out way, to though.
0: amazon excuse me i'm just being honest shout out to amazon continue <laughs> (laughs)
3: Uh, No, but they have great deals there for like cameras and lights and everything. Uh, I buy a lot of my uh, stuff on Amazon as well. So yeah, honestly. But it it is a thing like you just really have to, um, like I know you mentioned it's competitive and it really is, but I think what's going to make people succeed and what's going to make people go far really is their work ethic because everybody's out there getting the same footage. So how can you make yourself stand out? And so the way that I try to make myself stand out is like every time I do interviews, every time I do videos or podcasts, I make sure that people know I'm a fan. Like people know I'm a fan and that's why I'm here talking about it so that other fans can connect with me and we kind of just go from there. And on top of that, I just always think like the news is now. The news is not, you know, two minutes ago, five minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's why I always make sure to put my interviews up in a timely fashion to get Get my tweets out in a timely fashion because the news is now and that to me is the most exciting part about being in news is that you just never know what's going to happen you're constantly talking about something you're talking about something different the conversation is always changing and that's part of, the, part of what I love about being in pro wrestling media
0: well I mean especially the past two years every day there's God. something from one damn yes. company <laughs> um, and, and you bring up social media and putting up the tweets and how well you're you, you know, you do with that. But also, like, let's be clear. The wrestling space And how they treat women Women of color It's not the most Friendliest place I had to deal with Some backlash For the first time After the Royal Rumble When I thought I was just asking An innocent question Um, We don't have to Get into that But just like The the balance of Let's be honest Like the negativity That there is How do you Like are you looking At the replies Or like how do you Manage I guess The balance
3: Right it is Definitely something hard It's not something That you get used to Within like two days five days or whatever like you don't get used to it right away my what I do is sometimes you really have to like step outside yourself and think to yourself okay if this was happening to a friend and let's say the friend was literally doing everything that you're doing and this was happening to that person how would I feel about that so I try to step outside of myself and look at it from like if this was happening to my friend if this was happening to my sister and it gives you a different view of the situation and sometimes that honestly really helps and it helps to grow a thick skin like i am so happy that from where i started to where i am like i have grown like coats and coats of thick skin because you really do need to have that in in pro wrestling especially when you are a woman especially when you are a latina when you are uh in a male dominated space and it still is very heavily male dominated and so to break in into that space and to thrive in that space, it makes me very happy that through all of the obstacles that I had that I cannot change. I cannot change that I'm a woman. I cannot change that I'm Latina and I'm not, you know, gonna. Like, I'm not gonna hide away from that. I'm not gonna try to change myself because there are other, there's, you know how many times I hear from Latinos that come up to me at events and they're like, I just think it's so freaking cool what you're doing for Latinos. And how many times I hear from people saying like, oh, it's so cool that, you know, you're a girl and you're out there and you're doing this and I'm like, okay, not everyone is trying to shame you for those things. Some people are actually applauding you for those things. And so for me, like I look at it and I go like, I'm not going to, I have dreams and nothing's going to stop me Especially things out of my control, things I cannot control. Facts. I can Nothing is gonna stop me from trying to achieve those things, you know. Because at the end of the day, someone wrote something mean to you on the internet. Okay, did they hit you? No. Did they pull your hair? No. Did they slap well, you? No. They like, could be doing far worse things. Well,
0: it's like when you turn the off button and the screen goes away. So does the it's tweet. It does. It's, it's
3: done. Yes.
0: And well, it's not that you asked for my advice, but like this past week <laughs> with the with the the things that I was alluding to like I asked people and someone said hey Adrian are they paying you Mm -hmm. no they're not then don't freaking worry about it you're fine do what you do and trust your gut because you mean good intentions um another thing on the same balance tip is not just the reactions to thing and what people say um is how do you balance like Scheduling tweets, when do I put this on Instagram? YouTube, because sometimes I feel like I get caught in the wormhole where I have to constantly look. Do I have a notification? Mm -hmm. And that's like a, and I feel like even if you're not chasing something like we're all on social media, probably way too freaking much, but how do you balance that?
3: um, so, I gotta tell you, I am always on social media, like 24-7. I give myself breaks, of course, I like to watch TV and do other things, of course, like everybody else, but I am on social media a whole lot. A lot. I'm on Twitter, like the Twitter tab is always open. <laughs> it's always open, and I'm constantly refreshing my feed. That's how I'm so active. Like, I see what people write to me. I see what people are saying, um, but it's I see it as part of my job because without social media, you're never gonna grow. Like, you need to find a way to utilize Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all the apps. And sometimes it's very overwhelming. Like there's times where I go, oh, I don't want to post today. Like I already did all of this on Twitter. Do I have to do this on Instagram? Like I literally think like that some days. And then I go, no, because if you don't post on this app, then you're never going to grow. And then in six months from now, when you're looking at your numbers and going, wow, I really sucked. Well, why did you suck? Because you didn't post anything. And so I know what happens when I don't And I know what happens when I do post. I know how I feel when I'm doing good, and I know how I feel when I'm doing bad. So I make sure to prevent all of that by like just doing what I have to do, even if there's moments where I feel overwhelmed, moments where I feel lazy, moments where I know, eh, you know what? People will be there. I could post tomorrow. No, sometimes you just have to like be like, this is a job that I'm doing, and this I'm gonna do it right now. Because then if not, you lose out, you know?
0: Yeah, no, facts. I do. What's your um what's your proudest moment? where you look back and go, damn, I really did that?
3: Honestly, I would say it was... You have a lot to
0: choose from, by the way.
3: Yeah, I was thinking about that right (laughs) now. I was like, okay, well, it depends on what medium you ask me, right? Because when you ask me about, like, YouTube, okay, hitting 100,000 subscribers, I was very, very proud of that. And when you ask me about, like, just career accomplishments, okay, it was getting hired by Busted Open. That was really freaking cool. And then, like, overall moments, I would definitely say getting to do the NXT appearance... On uh, the premium live event for Stand and Deliver that happened in my hometown of Los Angeles at the Staples Center where I used to go as a little girl to watch pro wrestling. And so that to me was something that I will never forget. And I just, I felt no nerves. I was like so calm, like steady hands. This is
0: my arena. I've been here since I was three years old. What are you talking about? Exactly. And
3: I was just like, no, like I'm not going to get nervous and blow my moment. Like I'm gonna be me because that's what got me here in the first place and I'm gonna enjoy it because I don't know if I'll ever get that again so it's that was probably my proudest like most exciting moment and then afterwards I was like oh I did that okay cool what's next
0: wait yeah. and by the way way to set landmarks of like I heard summer slams in Cleveland one year when they do a big event because that's my hometown these are goals so you thank you because it have is have possible to to.
3: it is possible because sometimes you're looking at that and you go sometimes you look on the screen and you see the people that they have on there and you go is it possible for someone like me to be on there can I do this and a lot of the times they're like nah I'm never gonna be there no one's gonna look at me blah 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 you got to just stick with the because you never know what can come your way, and you don't know who's watching. That's the other thing. People are watching. People are paying attention to your every move, and sometimes you don't know that, but they are.
0: No, straight up. And before we get out of here, um, let's talk. Let's talk a little, like in the actual ring. We're here in Vegas. You're here not only for Radio Row, but we were at the press conference yesterday. Um, chaos. We love it because we don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> um, so just tell me. Tell me what the closing match, main event matches will be for night one and night two of WrestleMania right now as we speak.
3: Right now, it's looking like it's definitely Roman Cody, although it kind of felt a little open-ended towards the end of how they close things out, but whatever. As of right now, Roman Cody. And then for the other night, I'm kind of hoping Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at this point.
0: So you want the oh, dream sorry. match finally? I'm final, sorry. I don't know if I say Bianca,
3: but I was saying Bianca I meant to say Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. <laughs> sorry, I was thinking Bianca because the... she was also there too. But yes, Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, my bad.
0: The energy when they got in the ring, or when they got in on the stage, was fantastic yes. um, before we close out, please plug everywhere we can find you, from satellite radio <laughs> to the
2: TikTok
3: alright, well all social is at underscore Denise Salcedo, every Saturday Busted Open, XM and then, most importantly, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, that's the place to be, because I podcast there all the time, and post all of my video content up there, it, I, it's a wrestling buffet, that's what I call it, you know, you want some eggs. You want some bacon. You want some podcasts. You want some interviews. It's all there.
0: <laughs> Go subscribe after the show's over, okay, Denise? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.
2: All right, that was Denise Salcedo talking to our very own Adrian Hernandez. It is a grind, uh, and it's it an important discussion to have. Um, you know that she's plugging her YouTube and socials at the end of that conversation. I mean, that that is a really important part of what they're doing. Again, when they travel the country. Uh, covering the Royal Rumble, covering WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, you go down the list, Uh, the WWE, to their credit, has done a very good job of making their superstars available. Uh, Again, whether you have a podcast, whether or not you're uh, traveling, but the most interesting thing that I've seen them do is these post-event press conferences, which are very much like a traditional... Sports event where you know you'll have the head coach and a couple of players. So, in this case, it's you know, Paul Lebec, Triple H, um, and a couple of the participants, for example, at uh the Royal Rumble, it was the winner of both of the Royal Rumble matches. It was Becky Lynch, it was Dusty, uh, Cody Rhodes, <laughs> excuse me. And so, it, it, it's really, um, a credit to them that they've done this because you know, for years and years and years, you know, if you a journalist. Um, and you wanted to cover a WWE event? Maybe you did a pre-event, um, you know, conversation over the phone, and they would give you like two two tickets. I mean, there was nothing uh, like a press credential, and over time, that certainly has changed. But um, content creators, it is such a grind. And kudos to again um, Denise for you know building her own brand. Um, and again, she was she she's been on some pre-shows, um, but it is a grind and it is something that it's an important conversation to have because if you are a journalist and you want to cover this, um, not a sport, right? It's, it's such a unique thing. It's, it's sports entertainment and, um, you should be able to, to ask the hard questions. And, um, it's an interesting conversation and one that we'll have when we come back in the next segment, um, because again, it's a little bit like UFC. I mean, Dana White has notoriously banned reporters who ask hard questions or who break certain stories or, to, or, or does certain things that he does not like. Again, that would apply in uh, the big major traditional sports in the National Football League, Major League Baseball. The NBA, things like that. You know, I mean, you're not going to ban a uh, reporter for doing their job. It's still, it's still something that has happened at UFC. Um, And again, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see to what extent the WWE makes themselves available now that they are in business with and are under the same umbrella as UFC with the new company TKO. All right, so let's leave it there. When we come back our very own adrian hernandez will talk to andreas hill another amazing pro wrestling and combat sports journalist when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 in southern california of the bet in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network
1: we'll be right back with the Arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier
1: 1090 ESPN Radio.
2: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii as we touched on in the last segment we're talking about uh, the, you know the future of journalism and pro wrestling. I know it's an interesting topic, but one that I'm fascinated about and one that I thought was uh, important or at least fun to have on a Monday because it is Monday night raw. And that is sort of the, the day of the week that we all fell in love with pro wrestling. Uh We talked to Denise Salcedo in the last segment in this segment, an interesting conversation between our very own Adrian Hernandez and Andreas Hale, formerly of the Sporting News, amazing combat journalist, amazing WWE journalist. Uh he has a fun project as well coming out of that just came out that he touches on as well. So let's now hear from them. Now it's Andreas Hale and Adrian Hernandez.
0: Listen, the second half of the show, we've been here all week. I'm tired of talking about football. So we're gonna keep talking wrestling, and we need to talk journalism too. We did with Arash Markazi. Now we're doing it with Andreas Hale. One of the best in the business finally we get to do this in person. You've joined the show on zoom first off Congratulations on Bridges. Thank you. How are you my friend?
1: I'm good man. It's Super Bowl week in Vegas I know you talking football, but I'm a Niners fan. So,
0: you know, this is this is like a green dream come true for me So what what you've tweeted out about trying to get a ticket? Yeah What's your limit? Because this is it right? Everyone has a thing like what are you gonna spend the most money on? For I mean, my baby moms, it was Beyonce how much you spend on that? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> when all it, when I'm it's gonna like say. that,
1: was it worth it? Whatever you spend. For her it was. Okay, so that's fair. So for me, like my birthday's coming up and we, for me, I won't spend it on myself. My wife is like, look, if you really want to go, but she gasped when she saw those ticket prices. So I'm, um, you know, I'm working. Well, the cheapest is
0: AGs. Yeah, I ain't spending no AGs. I love my Niners, but I could... Well, ch- is it, but would you spend AGs if they were good seats? Because it's AGs to get in, meaning it's probably upper deck. Nah, like, it's
1: just the idea that, like I've covered a lot of sports. I've been at every big fight, big events. The idea of spending $8,000 to go to a game, it's crazy. I got kids, man. But if they win, I got kids, I got kids bro. I can't. I, how irresponsible does that look? My kid, my daughter, wants to go to college. She can't get into a dorm
0: deposit because I, Daddy, I'm spending at the football game. And if we lose, oh nope, ain't gonna. Happen. She want to go see Kung Fu Panda 4, and we can't, cause Brock Purdy threw a pick six. Yeah, I, I can't. Don't put that juju in the air either. Brock you know, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um. No, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what my limit is. I've been broke, so I haven't had to deal with these problems. I just know that automatically I can't. Um, So I reached out to you, and I should have called you. It was just a text. You know, this is a weird thing that's going on in journalism. First off, it feels like it's dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the reason why I was like I specifically wanted to talk to you is because... I've been fortunate enough to be in the locker rooms of, we're here in Las Vegas, so the Aces and the Raiders, and the traditional sports, journalism, press conference, and being a part of that really does feel like a team right. aspect, whereas being in Las Vegas and being able to go to some of these fights and UFC events and wrestling events, is one-on-one everyone's in there, which is good and bad. Um, it seems mostly bad in my opinion, but also I didn't go to school for journalism, right? right? If I had to classify myself, I wouldn't even call myself a content creator. I love talking to people, I love the art of conversation. So I'm an interviewer, and I, my approach is that I'm fortunate enough to be in that room, and I have a responsibility to go in there and not ask. For the most part, depending on, on the situation, I might ask, hey, do you wanna wrestle Taylor Swift? But there's there's a fine line, and going into the Royal Rumble, to me, there was only one thing that was really important to talk about. Um, but being in those situations, I'm gonna be very honest, I don't, the Sporting Tribune, Odyssey, anywhere I work for, does not pay for me to go. Shout out to Zipchair, buy the chairs, use discount code AJ for 10% off. They help me to be able to go to some of these wrestling events. Mm -hmm. So this is out of my pocket. So now I'm trying to be like, well, if I ask this question and now they don't let me in ever again, was it worth it? Right. But journalism, in my opinion, if there's a checks and balance system, journalism is the check. So basically, how do, have you handled going through some of these things? Because I know you've covered UFC a lot. Yes. And Dana White, Ariel hawani has been highly publicized. He's not the only one. There was an incident just in Toronto. Yep. So, like, just talk me through that. I mean, where do you want me to start in
1: terms of journalism and That sports? was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of places to go with it because, I mean, the landscape of journalism in general has changed.
0: How about we'll start with this. How do you feel the fact that it's changed where it's not... Not only is it not just your traditional media outlets being there, because most of them are dying. Right. But it is now... Adrian's a great interviewer, and he's got this many YouTube subscribers. Adrian, you can be in there. Hey, he's really good at TikToks that are just... Like reaction TikToks or whatever, however you're making it, and yeah. I'm not hating, but I'm just saying you got TikTokers, Instagrammers, interviewers, blah, 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 all being in this room where before it was your traditional journalists that went through the schooling and the tutelage of how to behave and how to ask and how to be, you know, do
1: everything. Yeah, yeah I mean, the game has changed. The content creators to um, the degrees of separation between your interview subject and the interviewer are shrinking. You can reach out to them on Twitter before you had to go through a publicist, right? There were steps to do this, which also breaks down the walls of credibility. Like, listen, I love Club Shay Shay, but Shannon Sharps' relationships are what gets him those interviews, right? And because there isn't, Shannon's not a journalist, I love what he does, like, don't get me wrong, but he's not a journalist, he's not going to push back on a lot of those questions the way that another journalist would. What ends up happening is, and this goes in sports as well and everything else, Cat Williams can say what he wants on that show, and he knows that Shannon won't really challenge him, but Shannon ain't, I mean, Cat Williams ain't gonna give me that interview because he knows I'm gonna push back, right? So now you're scaling back. You're only doing interviews with your friends now. Celebrities interviewing celebrities and entertainers and entertainers. Nobody's asking real questions anymore. It's just a big circle jerk. And you need more people who don't want to be friends with your interview subject asking serious questions. And it's not happening. You mentioned the UFC. Dana White don't want real questions at those press conferences. For years. He never has. And he says he hates media. No, he doesn't like being challenged. And he likes media that's going to toot his horn and promote slap fighting. But let's talk about the pay disparity in the UFC. You don't want to talk about that. He doesn't want the fights benefits. being broken. He doesn't want to talk about any of those things. That's journalism though. Like misused terms, journalism and like clickbait. I've watched them just misuse these terms all the time. So the landscape is changing, which means I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years. Like we all have to adapt. We have no choice. The written word don't mean anything anymore. Like I, I started off as a writer. Like that first and foremost, I started in music, writing 2000 word features, 3000 word features. Who's reading? You know, so between that and the idea that when celebrities interview celebrities, they don't have to fact check. They don't have to go. They don't have an editor telling them, you know, the barriers are broken down. And it makes it more difficult for for people who want to do their job, can't do their job, because for the most part, the celebrities just want to tell their story, not
0: have anything pushed back. And it's funny, I'm masquerading this interview as really just advice and someone I admire, because I'll, I'll push back on you. Or I'll respond to you with these two things. I will say, when it comes to sports, though, I do appreciate, like, when JJ Reddick gets to talk to Chris Paul. Oh, I love it. And they get to argue. It's great. Paul, I know Paul George specifically. Now, good with the and some of the other ones. Eh, not my cup of tea. But hey, whatever. They're very successful and they're good at what they do. But when you bring up, like, the, um, you have to be friends with your subject. I guess, like, I don't know, man. Like I feel, I have to move with kindness because if I'm not, I don't feel like I'm gonna get them opportunities, bro. Let me be clear. I'm, I've been—I'm friends with a lot of people, but when the
1: camera turns on, I'm not here to promote what you're doing. and that alone, if there's something in your life that's happening, we gotta talk about it. The worst thing you can ever tell me is no comment, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. If, if it's something personal you don't want to talk about, you say no comment. But well, I gotta ask the question. Don't get mad at me for asking the question. Hundred percent. For the most part, when friends interview friends. They don't even get that far. Yeah. They was like, well, don't talk to me about that, bro. And when you do that, you close the window on on what you want to know, right? So I love, like, I love J.J. Redick. I love, I love, I like Gilbert Arenas. I'm not saying to get rid of them.
0: I'm just saying the scales are tipped so far one way. And I meant to say, like, at least in the sports realm, I appreciate it Then. The celebrity ones and all different stuff. It just seems with the sports ones because they get to get into details of certain things in the business that we don't get to see. It's great
1: storytelling. I'm a big fan
0: of like Drink Champs, right, With Noriega show. I'm a big fan of of rappers talking to
1: rappers about things that they never talked about publicly because they're comfortable. I'm I'm a fan of that. But you're also losing jobs in journalism because now all they want to do is talk to their friends. That's all they want to do. It has to go cut both ways i'm all about ba- balancing everything in life and i don't think we have enough of it and that's why like the journalistic field is dying because it's about likes clicks tick tock followers but is it about can you do your job and it ain't it ain't about that as much anymore
0: it's tough i feel bad because i i value a lot of that but i also i've been in circles where i've heard where people say my Twitter does really good, but my YouTube doesn't. And I'm like, yeah, because when they check out the full 20 minutes of your two minute conversation, you can pull 40 seconds and make that look good. Oh yeah. But is that conversation dope? And I try to. That that is my goal. Um, I, I want to move. I want to move on to the Royal Rumble. Um, and, and I said this earlier. I want to be fully transparent. I was at the press conference. I raised my hand only during Triple H's press conference. I was not called on. Um, Shout out to Cam Hawkins, John Alba, Brandon Thurston, Nick Hossman, who really went in on the subjects. And, you know, I've heard them say this, and it is crazy that they have to get applauded when that should be the standard, Yes. Um, which is crazy, but that's where it is, and salute to y'all. And because I did not have enough time to call you, and I didn't want to call you from the press box, I talked to Brandon, and I was like, hey man, like, I got a couple questions in my head that I'm trying to formulate and see, and we kind of talked it out. Crazy thing is, we didn't know until about halfway through if there was gonna be a press conference, because usually they give us the band and let us know. Of they didn't let us know until the Men's Royal Rumble was like starting. Wow, okay. So um But to their credit, nobody, I was not told, can't ask this, can't blah, 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 blah. It was normal. We went in there and did our thing. Actually, it wasn't normal. This was the first time that fans were also in there because they paid. So there was like a dude dressed up as Hulk Hogan cosplay, like (laughs) right behind Cam Hawkins and like all this other stuff. So that was strange and that was the first, but that's the UFC package deal that they're doing. But I guess my question to you is, watching that press conference, how did the room do, in your opinion? It's. Uh-oh. It's all right. Um,
1: <laughs> pro wrestling is very weird because it's like, when do you ask a real question and when do you ask a
0: pro wrestling kayfabe question? I need to I need to cut you off really quick. Yeah, in UFC and in boxing. And I ask that specifically because I know at Raiders and Aces, I would be fired if I clapped when Asia Wilson walked into the room. Of course you would. And Devontae Adams. Yes. We get into the wrestling locker rooms and we start clapping and that's like, what are we doing? It's (laughs) It's, it's very weird because it's like, are you part of the show
1: or are you doing a job? Shout out to Cam Hawkins who asked the hard question, right? But for the most part, media in these events not a lot of them are trained journalists. You don't really have to be. But they're not here to rub anybody the wrong way. Or they don't feel like they can ask that question. Vince McMahon allegations, obviously. Same thing at WrestleMania. When I was at the press conference at WrestleMania, the TKO deal had just got announced. And they, they didn't tell us not to ask it. And I had lost my voice that week, so I couldn't ask. And they knew I was going to ask that question. I think Nick Houseman ended up asking that question. But... Some people don't feel comfortable because they don't want to rub them the wrong way, and they feel like they won't get invited back. So the room did all right. Some questions are really dumb. It's the nature of the beast, right? I cover UFC. I get,
0: I listen to dumb people talk all the time. Dumb fighters, dumb. But, you, but you know, you know what was like very eye-opening to me. Um, first off, I kind of get upset. Because in in this journey of me being a content creator and me trying to do what I'm doing, like, I haven't made much money, but any money I've made, I've used it to invest in stuff. Right. So I see dudes in there with not the proper equipment, and I was like, well, what's the point of you even being here if you can't even capture But the other thing, too, is being here specifically at the Super Bowl, you know, there was a lot of pushback when, hey, do you want to wrestle this celebrity? And it was pretty silly. But then I went to opening night, and, like, Travis Kelsey got asked. I saw NFL players be asked, "What's your favorite Super Bowl snack?" Oh, listen, it, it's it's weird across the board. Like dumb questions come from
1: everywhere. Yeah, everybody's trying to get a moment, right? A lot of people want to be the star ahead of the stars, right? By asking these goofy and silly questions, it's okay. I just the rest the the Royal Rumble press conference. It was fine, and it, it. I don't think people know how to navigate those situations because there's no rule book on how to navigate a pro wrestling press conference. Because again, am I talking to Paul Levesque or am I talking to Triple H? Well, it's been two years, three years since this has been the thing since AEW decided to start doing them, right? And it's weird. And you watch them and it's weird because like, even with AEW, Tony Khan gets asked about the whole Chris Jericho situation, and he's got Tony Storm's hat and sunglasses on. He's not ready to answer a serious question, but a lot of people cut that clip as like, Tony's not being serious about Chris Jericho. He got caught off guard, but you have to be prepared in those situations. That's your job. That question's gonna come. So the room did all right, man. I, I can't really fault anybody. I know the people that I know in this business knew what they were gonna ask. Like when I saw Cam, shout out to Cam Hawkins, I think he's tremendous. He knew what he wanted to ask. He didn't mince any words, he was just very straight up with it. And what and it's really up to Triple H and the PR team to navigate those waters. And ain't
0: our job as journalists to make them feel good about the question we're about to ask. Yeah, that's true. This has been enlightening. Um, Let's get to a a better subject, an amazing subject. Uh, You came out with a short film that was amazing that... I cannot wait to watch with my son, who's already watched it, but he's away, if he's, he's out of town, and my niece, and my sister, who is a principal in Harlem, who I'm forcing her to add oh, onto the syllabus or the agenda of every class. Yes. Whenever, not just in February, Bridges is out. Yes. First off, if you could explain what Bridges is and the reaction to it, now that it's out to the wow. world, finally, right? Yeah, three years, three
1: long years. Um, for those who don't know, Me, WWE superstar Big E, Jonathan Davenport, who designs everybody's ring gear. Uh, After George Floyd passed, pandemic's happening. We're sitting at home. Um, Big E calls me, says, hey, me, Woods, and Kofi want you on the New Day podcast because we want to talk about George Floyd, but we've never really talked about it very in-depth, and we think you can help us navigate that conversation. And if anybody saw it, it was a very emotional show that day. Uh, I think everybody cried on that show. And it ended up being like top three on the podcast chart. But when we left it, you know, we're on a group chat and uh, it was like, now what, right? We just had this very cathartic conversation about black history and George Floyd and police brutality. Now what? So he has been going through like trying to figure out how to have like social justice or activism while he works. And one day, I lem- people remember him and Kofi Nelson in the ring. Yeah, He had some ring gear, and it looked like Schoolhouse Rock with his histories of like civil rights activists. And he shows it to me, and I'm like, what are you doing with that? And he wears it, and I watch it, I think it's amazing, I said, what are you doing with that? He's always, like, oh, you know, it's just my ring gear. I was like, you just gonna get rid of it? And he's like, yeah, and I was like, that can't die in a wrestling ring, bro. We gotta do something. I was like, that looks like Schoolhouse Rock. I've worked in the music industry a long time. I said, and Johnny can, can create, why don't we make a cartoon that blends black history and hip hop? And I was like, and just to see how it would work, let's do a Kickstarter, see if people would like this idea. Because kids, race, like, kids aren't taught black history at all. Like minority history in America is terrible, right? Any culture, awful. So it's like, we, if we attack this at its root, and you attack ignorance and racism at its root, kids could be more acceptable of other kids. Because a black kid don't know he's black until somebody tell him he's black, and he's weird for being black. Mexican kid don't know he's Mexican, something's wrong with that, until somebody points out his accent. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. We gotta accept each other. So started a Kickstarter, raised $130,000. I Got my friend Rhapsody, Grammy-nominated rapper, Eric the architect from the Flatbush Zombies. We did the song Ruby Bridges. Uh, My name is Ruby Bridges. Took us three years to get this thing done. It's finally out now, and the response has been incredible. Uh, And I'm not saying that just to say it, he does this to me all the time because I never see it. Everybody he knows cries when they watch it. Everybody I know, nobody's cried when they're watching. It's like, this is amazing, but they don't cry. But then he sends me video, like Becky Lynch watched it, and she cried, real tears. Because it's not just about Ruby Bridges and being the first African-American girl in 1960 to integrate an all-white school. It's about being an outcast. It's about being not accepted by your peers and not knowing why and having to take the first step. So we wanted to hit people on a number of levels. Uh, it's 13 minutes short. You can watch it on Our Hills Rock YouTube channel and share it as far and wide as you can because
2: we want to make more of these. All right, that was our very own Adrian Hernandez sitting down with Andreas Hale uh during super bowl radio row media week there but again just really important conversation that i wanted to play for you guys and touch on about journalism and pro wrestling combat sports in general um it's just in a unique place with how it's covered and again kudos to the wwe for having these you know post-event press conferences and making their superstars more accessible uh but i really. Do hope that they allow these journalists to do their job and ask the hard questions, uh, because again, um, it's it's fun to watch, and um, hopefully the uh, journalists get to do their job and ask the uh, tough or at least important questions. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe and stay healthy." <laughs>
1: This is the
0: Arash Markazi
1: Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call